What's up, Redemption community? How you doing? My name is John, and this is another episode of The Threshing Four, episode number 10 going on the books. After missing last week due to some scheduling issues and me not planning properly with the holiday coming up, I apologize for that. We are back on it. We are going to be talking today about the gift that was given to us on Christmas. We're going to be talking about the set list for phase one that was released and made uh, available by the elder group. So we'll be jumping right into that. We're going to be bringing Brad back on this week. So without further ado, let's hit it. All right. Thanks so much for joining, guys. This is episode 10 of The Threshing Floor. And like I said, I'm here with Brad. How you doing, Brad? Feeling good to be back. How was your How was your Christmas? Did the Did the fat man, you know, not me, but did the other fat man come visit you? And we um, we had we had some visitation in our house, man. Like uh, if you don't know, I got two little girls, six and three, and so talk about exciting ages to be in the Christmas season. You know, of course, we do try to nail into them that. Um, the whole reason behind the season and try to keep that at the forefront. But yes, uh, this is one of their favorite times of year. One of our favorite times of year. So it was pretty good, man. How was yours? Um, it was, it was pretty good. We did for my son who turned eight, we did the most involved Christmas project that we've done. Um, he, he didn't ask for a lot of things. He's been doing karate or martial arts training, and so he asked for things to help him with that. So I had the brilliant idea that I'm going to put foam flooring in the garage, at least half of it, and buy him a punching bag, so a heavy bag. And I'm going to do all of that and set that up on Christmas Eve. And I don't think I realized how much work it was going to take into breaking down the garage quietly and then setting it up. And then putting all the stuff right back where I just took it from. So I came about 11 o'clock. I came to my warehouse and I started putting together the stand for his heavy punching bag. And then I transported it home along with all the flooring. And I probably got back to the house about one o'clock. And I think I went to bed at 430. (laughs) So Keegan likes to stay up late too, right? So. He normally does stay up a little late because he is homeschooled, so he's kind of working on my wife's jacked-up sleep schedule. So um, luckily, we were able to avoid any, like, spoiler for for the big moment. But I'm pretty sure at this point, like, I just don't care about keeping up the magic anymore. <laughs> my back was hurting that night. And apparently, I also found myself on the naughty list for Santa Claus, you know, he's making the list, he's checking it twice, and he's going to find out that he's going to bring me a stomach bug. Mm. So I've been laid up in the bed for the past two days. Today's my first day in freedom, walking around, finally came back to work today. And so I'm feeling better, but the last couple of days have been pretty miserable. So it's a mixed bag for Christmas around my place. Mm. Yeah, not quite the the gift you wanted. Um, I will say, man, Santa's on his game giving a punching bag, though. You know, I mean, that's that's just really cool. Of course, I wouldn't know anything about that uh, those boy gift life because all I know is princesses and makeup and nails and you know all that stuff. So, 
Um, the closest thing we got to something like that is uh, my two girls got a bike. They hadn't had one, and um, they've been riding it. They've been wanting to ride it every single day, which has been a good. They've been getting outside and stuff. So, which of course here in Alabama is like seventy-five degrees. So, you know, Merry Christmas to us. <laughs> yeah, we've got perfect Christmas weather coming up. It's it's actually going to get down below freezing though, um, in the next couple of days, and they even hinted at a chance of potential snow flurries. And what that means around here is not that you're going to see snow. It's not going to be a white uh, overcast day to where like everything just gets this powder level of snow. What that means is that you're going to see Joe from down the street and Martha from around the corner elbowing each other to try to get the last gallon of milk, bread, uh, loaf of bread, and carton of eggs where three of them's already smashed because two people's already fought over it. And they're going to be fighting over the nine ones that are still good in the in the carton. That's what's going to happen around here. There's not going to and and there's not going to end up being any snow. There will be no snow at all. There will just be bruises and hurt feelings. So this is like Black Friday part two, pretty much. Yeah, everybody rush in. Everybody get the get your eggs, get your milk. That's fair, but I think this goes a little bit more hardcore. All right. So the the point of tonight's episode um, is we're going to be going over what Santa Claus brought us as redemption players. We've had kind of partial spoilers. We've had some full spoilers. We've had some hints at other information. We're actually going to be going over the set list that was released in its entirety of what went to print for phase one, including, yes, I'm going to say it. I'm going to go here, go here and go on record that we know of the first and probably the only going to be confirmed ultra rare before the set is released. Gabe laid the the trail of breadcrumbs, and I have Hansel and Gretel'd my way to the rainbow, the pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. It's interesting. I mean, how confident are you that you know this? Because I mean, I I feel like most people would say they 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 have some ideas, but how do they know? Yeah, I will I will say that I'm ninety five percent sure that this is an ultra rare, and it's one that people already assume is going to be an ultra rare, but We've got the proof in the pudding, and we'll go over that in a little bit, but we'll save that. First, we'll um, we'll ask you, Brad, after looking at the list, and I know you haven't looked at it in as much detail as I have, what is the one card that sticks out the most that you're like, okay, not necessarily that you already know just by title. Let's, let's say one that you don't know, something that hasn't been spoiled yet. What's the one card just by the title that makes you want to see what this card's going to do? Um, well... I would say, looking at this list, the, the, the first one that jumped off to me, and it hadn't been spoiled yet, I don't think, is Elijah and Glory, right? I think that's one that you commented on on the thing. was like, what so you, is you, this? You stole my you stole my answer, Brad. <laughs> I was coming back around to that answer for me. Yeah, you're like that. <laughs> I had to trip you up because you're always on your game. You're always organized. So I had to say, you know what? Let me steal this from you. So now you have to do a different one. Speaking speaking of organized guys, I'm going to go ahead and apologize for the fact that this episode may be a little scattered because this is the first time we don't have an outline for the episode. It's kind of hard to do when you've got this sheet of 200 plus. Uh, well, I mean it's not 200 plus because it's not all the cards, but like so half of half of that that you want to review. Like I don't know how to build that into a an outline. So we're just talking about it. Well, you know, maybe we'll be more on topic now than ever. So. I'll change my answer. I'll save that one for you. 
I, I really did just I saw that on there. I was like, let me trip him up real quick because I, I remember you mentioning that. Nice, um, nice. But um, so I feel like one of the the probably the a cool card on here would be the prodigal son. You know, because um, when you think of the gospels and you think of like people like preaching in church or whatever, like most people have heard of the story or that's one of the stories you think about if you think about a parable or anything like that. Like you think about the prodigal son. So I assume it's got to have some kind of cool ability to it. Um, And I assume it's probably an enhancement. That was just my initial guess, but I guess it could be a character. The the prodigal son? It could be a character. I think I, mean, I think that they have mentioned, because Gabe mentioned in his articles on Land of Redemption, that characters that had brief moments, so they were not the the stronger relationship with Christ. So the people that have brief interactions are were characters from parables. Those people will be gold brigade, I think is is what he said. So people that didn't really exist but were used to tell, for example, purposes will actually be characters. I would I would think so. I Like, it's hard for me to believe that the man with a withered hand is going to be an enhancement. All right, I'm going to what? play the man with a withered hand. That was a real guy, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's <laughs> You got you on that one. Okay, we're going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What what's the hold on. What's he gonna look like? I bet he's gonna have a withered hand. <laughs> or will he have his restored hand? Hold on. What what's the what's the other one that I was thinking of that you, is from a parable? You can see how this is uh <laughs> this episode's going. We're just gonna edit all that all that back out so it's all good. Heck no, you gotta keep that in there. Okay. So the parable character that I was thinking about was the persistent widow. So I assume that that's going to be a character versus an enhancement. I don't see me playing the persistent widow. I think if they were going to make that an enhancement, it would be called something like persistence of the widow mm. versus the persistent widow. So I think I think you're going to have characters from from those, and I think Gabe kind of outlined that that was going to happen. I can see that. So the prodigal son, you know, you think about what would his ability be, though? Like... Okay, he had a cool transformation story, obviously. Um, but feels like something that converts something. Like an evil character is gone, uh, someone that's gone awry, you know, gone into their own way, and then they're being brought back to the good side. I guess, but a lot of the converting was probably from Axe characters and disciples. You know, he's not like one to go out and convert. He's the one that got converted. So wouldn't really know if his ability would be like converting someone else. If that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe you maybe you show a good dominant. <laughs> isn't I know it was in purple that you show a good dominant. Isn't there another brigade where you show a good dominant to get effects? Probably white. It it might have uh, been clay too though. Which shows that true meekness is is allowing the spirit to work through us. I think you show a good dominant. Maybe that that was the other hint at that so i will tell you that the card i'm absolutely the most excited to see and ever since transfiguration has come out i have been hammering the desk like i want a moses and elijah from the new testament like i want a new testament reference of those characters and we get to 61 
And notice that 62 isn't right behind it because maybe that's Moses in glory. Mm. I don't know. But you've got Elijah in glory. Now, what what do you think that that ability could be? Because Elijah, standalone right now, is already a pretty good ability. So what could the ability be to make people want to play that version of the character versus the other one? Well, I know he's not an angel, but would he have a silver brigade? Hmm. Huh. Because yeah. we have seen angels pick the green brigade with the hint of, um, I think it was Gabriel, mouth of God, being silver and green. Mm. Things that make you go, hmm. I will say, though, um, even even if, if I had to choose another card besides that, because that's kind of a cop-out, because I've said on previous podcast episodes that I'm really looking forward to that. I think one that I'm really, really looking forward to, and I think not unlike other people, would be the authority of Christ reprint. Let's go. That's one that it's going to lead into the fact that you want to talk about Mary's new card, which the fact that it can be played by disciples because it's purple, but it's also clay, so people that um, are clay or whatnot from early church, persecuted church, if you blend those into an offense, those cards can potentially use, obviously we don't know how it's worded, that if used by specific character or something like that, but just the brigades that present themselves, authority of Christ is one of those that's like, as soon as people talked about a New Testament said it was like authority of Christ, want it, got to have it now. And we know that it's going to be from Gabe's article, it's going to be purple and it's going to be clay. Now the new Mary... I'll just I'll give you the floor on the new Mary because she seems ridiculously strong that she can grab a star card from reserve, good card, evil card. So this was our Christmas Eve spoiler, and uh, I thought I was like, wow, he wasn't kidding about uh, dropping a good card. You you never know what he's gonna drop, but it's like Mary, wow. Um, so I was reading through this, and I'll just read it real quick. You may negate and reserve an evil or neutral card in a territory. You may take a star card from reserve. You may convert this card to meek. cannot be negated. Um, this is probably, you said authority of Christ, you know, you're looking forward to and a few of these others. And I know that uh, some of these that have already been spoiled, you're already thinking about. This is probably the one that I'm just like, this is going to be hard not to build around. Now, I'm glad that it does have a unity because it is. But it, it is a broad unity, though. It Well, Gospel yes. characters. But that's going to exclude a lot of the Axe characters, you know. I mean, which is, well. Oh, I bet it will with the Disciples. I bet some of their flip sides, like if you'd use their ability to flip them, I bet they turn into maybe Axe references. I wonder. That's a good So that could, that could break unity. Yeah, that could. I don't see that on Thomas here, but that would be uh, interesting. But at the same time, you know, Mary does flip too. But, yeah, I mean – She's part of the nativity uh, identifier. She's a prophet, and um, she can negate and reserve an evil or neutral card in territory. So, like, you got all these cards that are getting rid of cards in their hands, so they're going to want to drop them down. And you're already, like, reserving an evil or neutral card in their territory, just getting rid of it. And then she cannot be negated. So all this is going to go off no matter what. You don't even have to have a, a card in hand. This is like better than, not, I wouldn't say better than Heart After God, but it's kind of the same principle. Like you don't have to have anything in your hand. You can go and get what you need. 
just put that star card, just put authority of Christ in your reserve. You're going to grab that. Then you can convert it to meek. And we obviously know that there's so much benefit to having a meek character in battle or just meek characters in general. There's a lot of cards that play off of that. So the fact that she can do all those things is just like, it's exciting <laughs> to, you know, to build around. Now she is kind of like a one hit wonder. You know, I don't know how many people can ban to her. Um, she's not banding or anything like that. Yeah, or, and we probably won't find out who all can can utilize her the best because she is one of the very few nativity cards that made it through in phase one. Most of the nativity set, uh, our, our sub-theme, is going to be coming out with phase two. Yeah. So it will probably be a while before we see what all of that GOC white nativity theme looks like incorporating her. Yeah. So I'm sure she plays off with, like, the manger. It's probably going to be a good card. A few others like that. You can only imagine, but a lot of synergy there. So Yeah. Knowing that there's knowing that there's the stable in Bethlehem, I think is what it's called, and then the manger. When I first saw that those two, like, the first thing that went through my head was, like, Noah's Ark, and then you get pitch and go for wood to where I bet, like, it wouldn't surprise me if one – sought out the other mm-hmm. so if like the manger would seek out the stable or i don't know vice versa and then i guess that leads me to thinking that the stable can possibly hold the manger because the manger was found in the stable that kind of makes sense to me and i think it might have been hinted in one of the articles by gabe those articles they were awesome when they first came out and it was like we were getting all of this new information but that was over the summer yeah. And now it's like there's so much more information that's come to light. Spoilers started coming coming through, like actual full card spoilers and artwork spoilers to the point to where like every time I go back and read those articles, I feel like I learned something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew this, but I've already forgotten it. So it's kind of hard to keep track of all of the information. Plus, we have an extended window of time between information coming out to the new cards being in our hands. It's a it's a lot bigger window due to other circumstances and things. So there's a lot more time for some of that information to, you know, get put on the back burner and then you forget about it. Yeah. It seems like um, one thing I've noticed is with disciples, with Mary, with clay, you know, the ax heroes, um, most everything is flipping to meet clay meek. And there's, and we've even seen some of the stuff that benefits off a number of clay meek heroes. And so, you know, they, where there's probably their own themes, you know, the disciples, uh, the nativity, uh, you got your axe heroes or whatever. There's probably a way, if you really wanted to splash the themes, you, I mean, you could do it through the, the clay brigades, I'm sure. Yeah. So before we get too far into just, just picking out some of these titles and, and going over them, and obviously if you guys want to see the set list, that's in the spoiler channel on the Discord um, but there was, I know that there was at least three cards that I had set up that had come out that weren't legacy rares that had come out before I ended up not being able to get a recording out last week. Again, I apologize for that. So I want to make sure that we at least highlight those and go over those, those cards that were spoiled last week that I want to make, get their proper due because that's kind of how we were starting every episode was the Centurion at Calvary, which is 
on the good side, and then it's got a flip evil side that is gray, is Roman Centurion, Life in the Sun, Territory Class, Clay Enhancement, and then a purple and silver good enhancement that um, is titled Expelled from Heaven. And that one's actually really interesting. The star ability on this card can underdeck a demon. So with all the demons that are going to potentially place themselves to show that spirits were afflicting people before they came in contact with the Messiah. I think it's really cool that they've got a star ability that can potentially take out one of those things. And that's pretty good on its own. Then you get into the actual ability and it's got negate and banish an evil card, except a human could potentially, if you drew it this turn by game rule, you could potentially take out two demons because you can negate and banish an evil card except a human, so you could hit another demon. Then, if used by a New Testament hero, you may draw two cards and cannot be prevented. So this is a pretty good cannot be prevented enhancement that has some some other utility because it can negate and banish an evil card, so if they've played an enhancement, you need to negate it. Otherwise, if you're playing first, you can negate and banish an evil card except a human. So you can get rid of a fortress. That's uh, something that you need to get rid of. You can get rid of an evil character just sitting in territory. Things of that nature. What do you think about Expelled from Heaven, Brad? Um, you know, it's a, it's a card I like, but it's not a card I love. I mean, it, it is very versatile for all the reasons you just said, especially with the draw two. Um, I just think that, like, when you... So most people play with, like... Nine or ten enhancements in their deck, correct, if it's 50 cards. And four or five of those are going to be, like, uh, your setup cards where it's going for things. So you really only got room for just a few cards to win battles and things. And if most most of the heroes are low numbers, they're not banding, it seems like. It is good, especially with the cannot be prevented, but it's like, can you fit it in is the thing. I think... I think when you think about the fact that disciples may ban like Old Throne did, That's and true. Old Old Throne had Council of Abigail is there, boom, cannot be negated by an evil card, like battle winner. Or cannot think, be prevented. Oh yeah, cannot be prevented by okay. Yeah. It's I think this is kind of filling that same role for potentially disciples. Okay. Or maybe like even some of the angels because we've got what did we say we're gonna have just gospel angels. And then within Gospel Angels, you're going to have two different sub-titles for angels, Nativity Angels, and then Empty Tomb Angels. Maybe they all band together in some kind of way, and this is a potential battle winner for them as well. It's true. Very subject to uh, Chronicles of the Kings, though. <laughs> after the fact, though. Yeah, after. But if I, if I play an enhancement that baits out your dominant, I'm okay with that for the most part. Yeah. Like, if I can play an enhancement that forces you to waste one of your power cards, that still doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to lose the battle and I still have a chance to win the battle, eh, most of the time I'll take that. Without seeing the rest of the cards, again, I'm not in love with it. But I can see where it could potentially be really good, you know, in certain things. So, um, looking at this Life of Christ or Life in the Sun card, it's a clay enhancement. Star ability, resurrect a hero. Uh, you may convert a hero to meek or bounce a character. You may draw X, limit three, unless played in battle. Cannot be prevented uh, if played in battle. Which I, th- I feel like we are seeing a lot more cannot be prevented in this set. 
um, with all the negate stuff, ongoing negate stuff. I wonder because it's already been said that Chronicles of the King, the main usage of it in battle was not the intended uses usage of that card. That wasn't how they intended people to use it early on in development and whatever. I wonder if the fact that you can come into battle and pop that down and now you're negating ongoing negating enhancements. I wonder if that led to some of the cannot be prevented that we're seeing in GOC cards. Cause it does seem to be a good bit of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it seems like before this set, uh, which again, we haven't seen it at all, but you know, certain cards that CVP or CBI or CBN, but there's a lot of cards that just didn't have anything. Uh, you're not seeing that as much. <laughs> Most everything has a CVP, CVI, CVN, or something to that effect. But um, this is a pretty interesting card. We were kind of talking about this uh, before the podcast. It says you may convert a hero to meek. Uh, we did look it up, and you do have to have a meek side in order to convert the character to meek. You can't just convert, like, the old Elijah or Moses right. or whatever. Like, you have to have a meek side. Now, one thing I think is interesting that I was thinking of looking at some of these cards is one of the discussions was on Thomas uh, the Twin, which is a very good disciple, right? He's a territory class. If opponent uses a search ability, you can take a good dominant from deck. If attacking, you can convert this card to meek, the band to a martyr. So obviously that's going to be sitting in your opponent's territory. So what, what do you do? You pop down life in the sun. You convert their Thomas to meek. So they can no longer There you search. go. That's big brain stuff and then right there. You also, if you got some uh meat heroes out, it's a draw. So you can draw up to three in territory just like that. Uh and it's cannot be prevented well if played in battle. So um, let's let's not let's not just skip over that star ability either. Ability to bring back a hero mid game. Although I'm pretty sure that star ability in it is going to make this card depending on if you can manipulate brigades and splash with it enough is going to make it searchable by the Emmaus Road for decks that can utilize the Emmaus Road brigade colors with using this card. I know one character that can, but I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> we won't let you talk about it. But yeah, um, this is definitely not a card you want in your opening hand, but uh, mid-game, super powerful. You know, uh, Whether it's converting your own character or somebody else's, um, got a lot of versatility there. Yeah, and speaking of, Life in the Sun was actually discovered by Rob M. from Rob M. Studios on YouTube. Go check that out. Um, he was on Cactus Game Design and saw that Rob was <laughs> Rob was getting involved in the spoilers. He had dropped this one, and just randomly, without saying anything to anyone, he had posted this one and the Centurion at Calvary slash Roman Centurion at um, Cactus Game Design. Now, this card... I'm going to tell you, when I see the Centurion at Calvary side, which is red and gold, the hero side, like the artwork is is awesome on that card. It almost looks like it it's screaming like borderless card, like it doesn't need any type of border, which would be really cool. And obviously, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get that. It's just going to be a standard meek flip, but I really like the artwork on that. It's got the cross in the background and, and um, whatnot. So that tells you that this was the the centurion that acknowledged who Christ was at the crucifixion. And then on the other side is the Roman centurion. Now the hero ability is negate a card, may ban to a Roman, or you may reserve an artifact or evil fortress from a deck. And here we go with some of the fun reserve interactions. So 
Gabe and the team have been hinting that there's going to be new ways to interact with the reserve. I'm not sure that we've seen this before on the side of the table, if you will. But being able to go in a deck and directly reserve a potential key component to their deck. So you can reserve an artifact or evil fortress from a deck. How many decks are running Endless Treasure right now? Pretty much every one of them. And then they have a target. Usually they have at least one target in their main deck and then a couple of targets in reserve. So that they can get two or three uses out of it in the in case the game goes that many turns. Imagine turn one. I grab this guy, I go into battle with him because he's an okay rescue. And then the new reserve rule says that you can't take anything out of your reserve. It does not say that you cannot put something in it. (laughs) And so negate a card, may ban to a Roman, or I can go in your deck and reserve an evil fortress or an artifact. Bye-bye, Gates of Hell. (laughs) So I can mess up your strategy from the jump. And then even if you've got a way to get it back, you've got to wait until... The first round is completely over before you get it back. So even if you have an easy way to access it from your reserve, but I put it in your reserve and then potentially play Voice of Hev- or Voice from Heaven, something like that, that is a really cool thing when you start thinking about it. And I assume that I'm reading that correctly, that you may reserve an artifact or evil fortress from, be- from deck. I assume that that means both of those can be from the deck, the way that it's worded. And that's just the the good side. And he can use all of the weapons that came out for Red Warriors in our Purple King's Red Warriors from LOC because he's warrior class. And he could fit potentially in, like at the end of a post-exilic band, if there's if you wanted to splash him in there at, at the end of the band just to reserve something from the opponent's deck if there's a particular thing that, that really affects your strategy. Matching the brigades there. But then you think about like all the decks that you could splash around him. Depending on depending on how much you think it hurts your opponent to get rid of their endless treasures early, you could take a, a deck like um, Derek's Blood and Fire deck. I think that was the name of it that he won second place with at Nationals this year. You lose you lose out the card, massive card advantage of Ishmaya. You replace it with a fact that you can hurt the card advantage of your opponent by getting rid of their endless treasures early. And it's the fact that you can do this each turn, like just finish your band with him if you want to. Now, it's not the best card to end your band with, obviously. You know, unless you've got Romans that you're banding to, so it's it's like you get to choose to do that or continue the band. But the fact that, like, if you can take away a card that people might have offering your son, offering your son the Emmaus Road delivered all in their deck just as more ways to try to get to endless treasures for that early Draw two, drop down a confusion of mind. Well, you can prevent them ever getting to that confusion of mind and getting that draw two by using this guy early on. I think I think that's solid. Now, the ability on the other side is you may take a gospel artifact from reserve or deck if a unique Roman is in play. So he doesn't fulfill that on his own because he is generic. So you'd have to have another uh, Roman that is unique. And then may ban to a generic Roman. You may take a gospel artifact from reserve. So now I'm starting to think about what evil benefit do you get? We we do have ridicule. Ridicule has been spoiled. Ridicule. What does ridicule do, Brad? Do you have that over there? Because it says artifact. And I, I, like I know that, that that means you can grab artifact. You could grab the cross. You could grab um, the manger. You could grab any artifact, but 
my mind when it's an evil character, I go to like what curse benefits that theme more. And I do recall that ridicule has gray on it, but I forget exactly what ridicule does off the top of my head. And Brad's going to keep sorting papers till he finds it. I had them all in order for Brad. And this is, this is how he, this is how he repays me. All right. So ridicule negate a, Oh, well, we're looking more for the curse side. Paralyze opponents, heroes with a draw ability for one round. So if you paralyze them, they can't enter battle. That doesn't do too much for me. Well, you're just taking it. So, I mean, you could use Oh, that. yeah. I guess you are taking You're not activating. Oh, yeah. So I guess then you could use the enhancement side. Negate a hero. Hero's controller must reserve the top two cards of their deck. So here you are. This guy's making you reserve more things. Reserve the top two cards of their deck or bounce that hero. Cannot be negated. So you come in with a lone hero, and this guy comes out, grabs this card, and then plays it, and you have to bounce your guy or reserve top two cards of your deck, CBN. That's pretty strong. Yeah. Okay, okay. So he's even good on his on his Roman Centurion side. This guy is – this is this is one of those cards that, like, I don't think anyone's going to be like, I really – I'm really excited to open him up. Like, that's going to be, like, one of the top – it's not going to be in anybody's probably top ten – cards that they want to open up just because there's so many other cards that even just by title or by previous version in the game of redemption that people are exp- excited to see more. This guy's got utility like all over the place. This guy's pretty awesome. My thing is it's going to be very hard to not play purple, white, or clay as your main. You would, I feel like you have to commit. Uh, now what I do like is that, he is evil or good, and that's such an advantage because I know I found myself in several games like, man, I don't have an evil character this turn. You know, they got a free soul or whatever. Uh, it just works out. If you only got seven, let's just say you only have seven evil characters in your deck. I mean, you got 50, 52 cards or whatever. You're not always going to have one in your hand. Wait a second. Wait a second. Why are you running 52 cards? <laughs> if you're going to run over 50, just run 57 for the extra dom. John Early said so. <laughs> Why are you only running 52? Strategery is what it's called. Strategery. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this begs the question, at least when it comes to gray, if you're going to run a gray defense, do you run Romans? Do you run Pharisees, Sadducees, combination of them? Or do you just wait till the thieves come out and everybody run that? I don't know, but can you can you reach over here? Reach over the table and slap me. Okay. Okay, because what did that guy say? What what was his ability? Let me pull it back up here. You may take a oh a gospel artifact. Okay, I thought I was about to be really dumb, and there was some reason that like I thought there was no reason that I didn't say unsuccessful was the artifact that you grab, and I yeah. thought I was going to be really dumb for a moment. So I'm glad it does say a gospel artifact, and I'm not completely stupid that I didn't think about that first. Yeah. Because if he could grab, if he could grab unsuccessful, I know he's, he doesn't have like the greatest numbers for initiative six and seven, but if he could grab that, oh man, he's 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 got so much potential versatility that it's nice to see that somebody that was not a major component of the gospel story has an ability that can benefit in so many ways. So then you start thinking about, and I know he's not on the set list for phase one, but imagine what Peter has to have for his ability. 
Yes. I bet the team had so much fun designing what Peter is going to do because they're like, okay, it's got to be good. It's got to be better than this guy. It's got to be better than that guy. And you start building on what what could Peter's ability be. And I think we can all go ahead and rest assured that he's going to be an ultra rare in the next phase. I don't care if someone says that he's not going to be. I'm going to assume that he is until I see otherwise. Yeah, and especially the interaction between, like, Peter and John. You know, that, that should be – there's got to be some kind of, like, special bonus having both of them in battle or something, you know, you think. Um, and especially, like, you think about even, like, at a particular scene, like, at the empty tomb or, like, that card's out or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe, you know, it, there's so much possibilities. There's so many cards in this set. You, you just got to think, like, maybe there's – I, and I think they hinted at that in that article about, like, the nativity, for instance, that, like, you're going to want all these cards to be out there together to feed off of each other um, that will make, like, some really cool combos. So. All right. So before we before we get into um, guessing what the ultra rares are, because we are going to give you our guesses for the ultra rares, I'm putting Brad on the spot. He doesn't probably have any concrete ideas of what the ultra rares are. I'm going to put him on the spot to give you some guesses. But before we do that, um, obviously, it would be pretty boring context if you get on a podcast and you just hear someone reading out Crowd's Choice, Harvest Time, Voice from Heaven, Burial, Burial Shroud, Concealed Riches, The Cross, Samaritan Water Jar, just going down this whole list. So I encourage each of you to go to the spoiler channel, find the list, and... Um, I actually started taking the list and putting the spoilers that we had, whether they were partial or full spoilers, with the cards. And I didn't really finish that. I don't think I think I was pretty close to being finished, but not not quite. So if you guys would like like that, I guess I can make a PDF out of that and share that like I did the, the spoiler guide. And this list would have made the spoiler guide a lot easier. Instead of it taking like seven, eight hours to do, it probably would have taken me like two. But, you know... We get it when we get it. I will say another card. I think with this, we can co- kind of go ahead and lay out what themes we think are going to be present. Like, we know Nativity's not in here. And for the most part, it seems like we do have disciples, but we don't have all the disciples. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, potentially eight uh, with Matthias. But then you also have... Judas, Judas the Betrayer, and Judas Iscariot. So technically nine, but one of them replaces the other one because he went and fell on a rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> he ran into the rock, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so but you don't have you don't have Peter. Um, you don't have John. You don't have Andrew. It seems a lot of the disciples that are like those main. Ones that people, if you said re- recite the 12 disciples, I think the first one people will say is Peter. And then, you know, James and John are right there, you know, Sons of Thunder or whatnot. So you got um, Peter, because there was two Jameses, right? So um, James and John and Andrew and Peter, I would think, would be the four that's not here. Just, just off the top of my head. Yeah, so... It seems like we're getting disciples, but we're not getting the full scope of disciples. So I wonder if that's because they didn't want to... I wonder if they're still finishing abilities or if that's more so that they didn't want to completely warp the meta by dropping 
what I would assume is probably the most powerful set uh, or sub-theme of characters, being Jesus' 12 disciples. They're probably the strongest. When you look at GOC release, you have Genesis, you have Purple Kings, you've got Ruth, you've got... Yeah, LOC. Did I say GOC? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank LOC. You've got um, post exilics and post exilics for the most part, I think, has kind of risen to the top of like what most people think it was. Purple Kings before you know they got nerfed with rotation, losing some of the older cards that went with them. But I would say that everyone expects, or at least I expect, and I think most people that I've talked to expect disciples to be that top um, offense offensive theme in GOC. In GOC. So I wonder if they just didn't release it all because they didn't have like all of the nativity ready and they had to split it up and they didn't want to put all of the power level of the disciples together or if they're actually still working on abilities. That we don't know. I will still say that I think Peter is going to be an ultra rare in the set when he comes out in phase two. But we do get fishing boat, which is going to be a an artifact. No, it was a fortress, I'm sorry. It was a fortress. And it's going to interact with the Disciple theme. So you've got enough of the stuff here with some of the enhancements that we've seen and knowing that we've got authority of Christ in this, love one another, the Great Commission, a lot of these enhancements that are going to be able to work with Purple. So we've got enough of the Disciple theme. We've got that. We've got Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, A lot of those are toward the end of this, this set list that came out. We have... Kind of um, some of the parables are listed here. We have, um, I guess we have we have enough to say that we're going to have a good bit of New Testament gold, which is going to be those characters that didn't have the the strong interaction with Jesus. Maybe we're supposed to like get used to them first before like some of the <laughs> mega cards come out. If you- so new testament gold has a lot of those characters that are either from parables or that had an encounter a life-changing encounter with jesus and so we have like faithful servant we've got the woman at the well we've got um we haven't seen him printed or or spoiled at all but zacchaeus the repentant and zacchaeus the tax collector i'm going to assume he's got some some gold on him you've got other other cards that kind of fit in with that that you can you can kind of lump together. We also in full spoilers we had not just the woman at the well but the thankful leper. So you see a lot of the support for New Testament gold. So it looks like we've got that in phase one. I know that we've got we've got kingdoms of the world, which I'm guessing is going to be an evil fortress or potentially a site, maybe a city. I don't I don't know. But apart from that, there's not, and and we've got obviously Judas, but there's not a ton of things that scream demon support. So it looks like demons maybe are going to be in phase two. Which I would say most likely angels would go with that as well. Yeah, obviously nativity, nativity angel, all the angel stuff is, is not here for real. So it looks like angels, nativity, demons, um, looks like the Herods as well. I don't see, obviously, we got the legacy rare of Herod Agrippa II after I baited um, Chris Fashman to share it today from camping out on his front lawn with that picture. I'm getting my use out of that picture, guys, and I, I just want you to know I do it for the brand. I do it for the community. Um, you know, I've been out here for hours just 
just hanging out on people's lawn. They've already called the law and everything, and I'm just here for spoilers, baby. <laughs> um, so it se- seems like those are the themes that we're getting, and I don't think I've, I've missed anything obvious that, that you see that we've got or that we're not getting. Right, Brad? Yeah, I mean... I mean, we only got half the cards. I, I wish, I wish you guys. Sometimes I wish that we were doing video podcast because if you could see this couch right now, matter of fact, matter of fact, I tell you what, I'm going to get my phone out. Hold on, I know I'm not supposed to do this on the podcast. I've got my phone out, and I want you to take a look at at this. I will actually share this sometime tomorrow when it will make more sense this is brad getting ready or recording tonight's podcast he has printed out pages of spoilers just scattered all over the couch there's set list up on the back of the couch and he's every time i go to him like i lead him into give me your your thought on this he's like huh what because he's just reading over so much information i don't know if this is like kid in a candy store level of like excitement or if he's just scattering it out to make it look like he's doing his part for this episode. Yes. Uh, yes is the answer. Yes is the uh, answer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I got tired of like looking through cause I, I kept getting them out of order. I was like, let me just lay them out. This couch is nice and big. So. Okay. So here we go. Big reveal. The one guaranteed ultra rare that we have in the set in phase one drum roll. It's the cross. <laughs> now, how many of you out there was thinking it, the cross was going to be an ultra rare? Yep, me too. But all the way back around nationals, I, I can't remember if it was before or after, um, Gabe sprinkled a little breadcrumb, and he shared just the bottom clip of an ultra rare plus that had the GOC set list, it had the artist, and of course a few minutes later, I boom, shared the entire artwork with everyone. It was a great time. Well, what Gabe did when he did that was he left the set number on the card of number nine. So if we connect these pieces, connect these dots, number nine, what is number nine on the set list, Brad? Well, let me look at my handy sheet here with all the numbers of all the cards that's been spoiled at um, on Christmas Day. We got a list here. It's got a bunch of numbers here. And number nine says the cross. So without further ado... Your one guaranteed ultra rare from the set is the cross. Because there's no way that they change that from nationals that number. I mean, it just messes I mean, up. I mean, too they much. could they could have they could have, but it's the cross. They could have, but I don't know that they would have had the foresight to do that to try to trip anyone up. I, honestly, knowing how Gabe works, I could see him have putting this out there, knowing that these dots were there to be connected, and just waiting for someone to connect them. Now, I kind of picked up on this. A couple of days ago, but I wasn't feeling well, so I didn't I didn't really like share it with anyone until I shared it with Brad today. But I mean it's it's been there for someone to find all along and just put together. So we're putting it together. The cross is your one ultra rare that is guaranteed from phase one. So can we just like go ahead and spoil it like on the channel? Like should we ask them to like spoil it or I that- doubt they're going to share the ability because the ability is probably more of the pool being that it's one that offers an, a, a potential to win the game from a negative game state later on in the game. 
Um, so I would assume they're probably not going to share that. But if you want to get on there and ask, you can do so, my friend. <laughs> so you're thinking that actually, you know what? I, I guarantee you, Gabe's listening to this right now. So all we got to do is say, Gabe, pretty please, could you, could you just, just help a brother out, okay? I help mean, a brother out. I, I will say, you you gave him like a sixty page spoiler overview and got like not even a full spoiler. So yeah, and then that that that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> what I what the most aggravating thing about doing that spoiler guide is like I said, the set list comes out just a couple weeks later and it would have made that so much easier. <laughs> it would have made it so much easier. True. Um but, but they're not they're operating on their schedule, not on mine, so I'm not I'm not throwing <laughs> any shade or blame at them. Um so anyway, so that leaves two ultra rares okay, um, hold on, from but, this. Before we talk about that though, didn't oh, they, man. No, this is a comment. Didn't they say that some cards would not be spoiled until the set like was ready for print. They said that most cards would not be spoiled, and they definitely said that ultra rares were not going to be shared with the community prior to. So it was a helpless plea. Yeah. Mm. But, well, unless you know we soften them up a little bit. I mean, the New Year's coming up. It is my birthday, guys. Hey. Does that does that work for you, Gabe? It hey. is my birthday, New Year's Eve. The let me tell you guys, side rant, side rant. Let's 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 exit. We're taking exit 100. We're getting off the interstate. We're parking on the shoulder, and we're going to tell you about this. I have the worst birthday known to man. <laughs> My birthday is one where everybody comes together and thinks about all the bad crap that happened the year before, and then they count down literally the final moments until that joker is over. <laughs> and most of them are, you know, out partying and, and doing things that make their memory not work as well so that they don't remember it. And it's just... It's the one. It's the one day of the year where, as soon as it starts, everybody's counting down until it's over. Okay, I'm gonna give you two rebuttals to that. Number one, people are still celebrating, so it's like literally the but whole they're not, world. Not not just the United States. Literally the entire world. Literally the entire world is counting down until yes. my birthday's over. Not just yes. the United States. Thanks for pointing that out. The entire <laughs> world. So I, I accept your rebuttal there. Okay. Second thing is, people are up longer on uh, New Year's Eve than any other day. So they have more time to share it with you. That's because they want to make sure that it ends like normal. They don't want to possibly wake up and somehow this day is still here. You know. There's there's no there's <laughs> no way. And then at Christmas time, my parents would, you know, under the tree, there's the gifts. Oh, son, one of those is supposed to be your birthday present. Just <laughs> assume one of those is your birthday present. Then when it's my siblings' birthdays in the middle of the year they actually get a whole like cake ice cream party type thing maybe have have friends family over like they do something special for it and my birthday is oh yeah one of those things under the tree supposed to be yours i will say my mom does this thing where she calls me the literal minute that i was born every year Hmm. and i can't i don't i find it annoying now but i know that like Later on in life, like, I will always remember that. Um, I'm never going to do that with my kid, though. I'm not that dedicated. <laughs> but I do know that at 4.28 p.m., I think it's either 4.28 or 4.32, I don't remember, in the afternoon, my mom calls. And she's, well, happy birthday, tells me how much I weighed, how much I drank when they first, you know, cut the cord. And I'm like, Mom, Mom, after I got 25, you can stop doing this. <laughs> Because, you know, six pounds, seven ounce, baby John. But then she hits me with that. Then she hits me with that. 
well, you know, one day I won't be here to do this. And then it's like, okay. But how about they originally told my mom that I was due on Halloween, October 31st. I was born New Year's Eve. Clearly they got something wrong. But I was born at almost 10 pounds too. So that was was a big one. You know, I'm trying to figure out how much I should charge for this therapy session. You know, I feel like you got a lot off your chest there and uh, (laughs) some deep-rooted stuff. But we have not talked about Angel Wars. Okay. Okay, when it comes to Angel Wars, I will pay for those therapy (laughs) sessions because I have been scarred, homie. I don't know if I have enough time. Mm. (laughs) Probably don't have enough degrees either to handle this kind of of, uh, emotional trauma. So, anyway, we we were getting ready to... Uh, we were begging for my birthday for them to share what the cross does. We know that's not going to happen, but hey, there you yeah. go. Into into it a, a whole rant. You can make John's entire life better <laughs> from <laughs> from all the sadness of, of his birthday. Dude, my birthday. If only we shared the cross. So one, my best birthday was in 2017, I think, almost 2018 because end of the year. But at our old church, my wife because I never really had like the birthday party, so to speak. She threw me, she had the church throw me a surprise birthday party. It was decked out with 49ers gear and the cake was, I, I forget what the cake was, but all the, all the cups and plates, everything was, it was 49ers, which is kind of cool because I know they don't sell that stuff around here, which means that she had been planning weeks in advance. That was pretty cool. That was, that was a good birthday moment. So if you ever listen, I know you're never going to listen to my podcast, but I love you. <laughs> that's 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 my shout out to you wife shout out so back to this I, I hope you guys see that he keeps trying to get me sidetracked because he doesn't want to guess at these ultra rares brad what are the other two ultra rares you know i haven't said a whole lot in the last 10 minutes so don't don't put that on me but um i think it would be easy to try to say the authority of christ would be an ultra rare but i don't like I don't feel like it will be. I feel like it will be a rare, but maybe not an ultra rare. So I'm going to try to shoot for a couple of these that are like a little bit. I had them here. So the cross is a artifact, correct? Yeah, if I remember right. So maybe a character, maybe an enhancement, maybe a dom, you know. Uh, it's I, been It's been a... It's been a while since we had a dominant. No, no, not the dominant, because you had Chronicles of the Kings and Doubt, um, but not not a dominant. Um, what am I trying to say? Oh, a, a lost soul. It's uh, been a while since we had a lost soul that was an ultra rare. That's true. Like we had Remnant and Prophecy of Christ. The last one didn't go over too well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The last one. Turned out to be a really nice promo for my Daniel deck. I'm still trying to get. I'm still trying to get enough copies of that lost soul. <laughs> but hey, guess what? I did get one from the Christmas card swap. Hey, I got an ultra rare Daniel lost soul from the card swap. Wait, they're they no, they weren't. Ultra. They were supposed to be. Oh, okay. Come on, keep you. up with the joke here. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, did you get one like that they printed and then like <laughs> had to re go back or something? Um, but. Now, I was looking through this. It's really hard to tell from the names, uh, but I was thinking maybe something like the Ascension, like something like crazy like that, like a, or like a, one of those powerful moments. Or it could be something random like Strict Sabbath. 
you know, and maybe that's like, what's the last ultra rare evil enhancement you can remember? I don't know, but I will tell you that what I do know about Strict Sabbath from Gabe's article is that it it's going to make people. I, I think the way he worded it is going to make both players on, at a game want to be playing Meek Law Souls or think about playing Meek Law Souls. So it has some kind of Meek Law Souls synergy interaction. So if they really want to make Meek Law Souls powerful and an over-the-top strategy that people are going for, I could see something that supports it being kind of one of those chase cards. I could I could see that. Like I, I'm sure there has been one, but I really can't think off the top of my head – of a ultra rare evil enhancement. So sometimes part of me wishes that um, unsuccessful was, <laughs> so it would be less prevalent. <laughs> it's a common. <laughs> yeah, it's a common, and everybody uses it. Um, so you've told us, you told us, those are your two that you're guessing. Strict Sabbath. We're gonna lock it in, and whoever is closer yeah. to well, whoever is closer to right. Strict Sabbath and the Ascension. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you want to raise the stakes? You want to make some kind of like gentleman's bet about this? Um, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> this is like I was literally looking at the sheet like five minutes ago. And I was like, these two kind of well, look like they pop. I, so. I think it would. I think it would be really cool though to see who gets closer to it. I've already given you one freebie that I could have kept to myself. Well, I mean, until after we we made our our selections, that would have been my first guess. The cross. Okay. But all right. Well, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that I think we're going to get an ultra rare in the cross and an ultra rare plus in the cross. And see, I'm already ahead of you. I've got two of them down. You only got one down. Mm. <laughs> um, I do think that concealed riches, I think that is going to be an artifact that is going to be, I'm pretty sure it's going to be an artifact, but I think it's going to be an ultra rare. Matter of fact, if you go back to episode... What episode was it? Seven, maybe? Six or seven? The episode titled Redemption's Man in the Arena with John. I'm pretty sure that's the card that he was hinting at that I couldn't guess on the spot. I'm sorry, guys, that I couldn't guess it on the spot, but I'm pretty sure he was talking about Concealed Riches, and he said that he was not supposed to give information about it because they hadn't released what the rarities and ultra rares were going going to be. So I think Concealed Riches is an ultra rare. So I'm going to fact check you in real time, you know, because that's what I'm here for. Episode seven. Episode seven. Hey, good memory. I knew he wasn't on right after. I knew he wasn't on right after Gabe, and Gabe was episode five. Starter decks were four. Mm-hmm. Tyler was on episode three for the first time. I'm, pr- I'm pretty good keeping up with it. All right, so that leaves us with one more ultra rare for me to tell you about. Oh, that was three right there. No. He said Ultra Rare, Ultra Rare Plus, and the Concealed Riches. <laughs> well, technically, I've got four because I think Concealed Riches will be Ultra Rare Plus. Because <laughs> clearly, I would really love to say that Elijah and Glory was going to be an Ultra Rare. And that's why they split him and Moses up was to get him into this. But I can't see them taking kind of the draw of New Testament set and kind of taking it back to an Old Testament character with so much potential for what a what else is in the gospel story? So you start thinking about what is really important in the gospel story. I really don't know, okay? I really don't know. This is going to be a complete just throw it out there guess. But I know that one of the cards that we really loved as players in the past was Proud Pharisee. And I know that I've mentioned that 
it stinks not having Proud Pharisee in rotation, to which Chris has told me, just wait until you see the new Proud Pharisee. So if it's really going to be as good as that, and they haven't spoiled anything about it, I could see it being an ultra-rare evil character. I could also see it not being that in something something else, like one of the disciples being that. But I think they wouldn't double up on disciples that are ultra-rare, and I really do think Peter is going to be an ultra-rare. So I'm going to say that the ultra-rares, in my mind, are going to be the cross, are going to be concealed riches, and the one that I'm not really strong, uh, strongly swayed on is probably Proud Pharisee. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would definitely say that whatever the ultra-rares are, they're going to spread them out amongst the themes because the LOCs were David. Um, Father Abraham. Ab- he was ultra-rare? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah because I, I think in retrospect, the way that the cards have been used since, I think if they went back and, and were to reanalyze things, they would have made Noah the Righteous the ultra-rare instead of Father Abraham just because – Cloud of Witness Abraham actually fits more with the new cards than Father Abraham does. Yeah. So, so, um, so you had that. You had Zerubbabel. You had Matthew's Begats. Matthew's Begats, and Doubt. Doubt, and Chronicles of the Kings. Those are the six. Okay. So, um, so three it, characters, but no. If you think about that, if you think about that, there's no evil characters in that. No evil characters. Except for I mean, Doubt, which converts to an evil character. But so, yeah. I mean, I could see them swinging it around and going evil character yeah and proud pharisee is one of those that like it has such a like cult following just because of what it used to do have that play first ability things of that nature being able to splash in any deck and then the fact that that like you lose it with rotation so it's like ah it's it's going away and then you come back it's kind of like authority of christ like i could see that being ultra rare because it's got like this it's nostalgic it's a wow card and then it comes back as an ultra rare boom. So I could see that. And you, you kind of took that one. So I couldn't say yet. I, I possibly, I didn't take it. I just said like, that would be like, well, you, you hinted at it. Yeah. And then you ended up not taking it. Right. Yeah. So, but I didn't want to like double up on our, our speculation. I feel like we should spread the speculation. Maybe we'll hit more targets. <laughs> one of us will be right about something. It's kind of like playing battleship. You just kind of, kind of drop the, <laughs> you're dropping in, in just random spots, seeing if you get a hit. So that is that is what we think the ultra rares could be uh, based on the set list that has been released for phase one. I will say that set one does look, look like it's going to be fantastic as far as like the balance within it. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like we were given so much of one theme that it's going to completely dominate phase one. So it, it seems like seems like it's pretty balanced and then, I assume phase two is going to be equally balanced. The one other thing I will say, uh, if you take nothing else from this, I will say that phase one definitely seems to, with with just what's been spoiled and what's been hinted about, uh, what GOC as a set is going to do, it really does highlight some of the newer interactions and newer ways to interact with the reserve, even with the new reserve rule, putting things into reserve, accessing cards from a deck and putting them into reserve even when the reserve is uh, restricted by delayed access. So I think we start seeing what they've propped up the set about how it interacts with the reserve. I think we start to see that in phase one even with it only being half of the set. 
So I think that's kind of kind of cool to see. And obviously we've got Voice of Heaven, which just completely blows out the reserves, and Concealed Riches, which I think is some kind of way to help you with your cards in your reserve and access them. I don't really know. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of grasping at straws on here, but I think it's it's going to be a pretty strong card. That's why I think it's an ultra rare. But we do know that the cross the cross is an ultra rare, guaranteed. If I'm if I'm wrong and the breadcrumbs you know were not laid there for us to find and connect the dots, then maybe one of the elders will hear this and tell me that I'm completely wrong. And then I probably will feel a little bad, but not enough to do anything about like this recording. Because I'm very strong in my belief that the cross set card number nine is an ultra rare with an ultra rare plus version with the artwork from Carl Bloach, I think was the artist. What a memory. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's that's something to behold. But anyway, thank you guys for checking out episode 10 of The Threshing Four this week. Again, I apologize for not getting an episode out last week. I do have plans to record an episode on Sunday and then shortly after getting another episode done. So maybe I'll feel generous next week to make up for the fact that we went a week without and maybe double up on you so you get two episodes next week. Kind of depends on if we're able to get that second episode recorded in time. But if so, maybe you'll get you'll get the extra bonus of a delayed Christmas gift. Maybe for my birthday, I'll celebrate and give you an extra episode next week. So without dragging this along too much, we'll, we'll say bye to the people. Anything you want to say in closing, Brad? Uh, happy New Year. You mean happy birthday? And happy birthday. Golly, you can't even say that right. So you just skip all the way over the fact that it's my birthday to say happy. You know what? You know, I'm changing my birthday. I'm, I'm officially changing it to February 29th. Then I won't get get as old quickly. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for joining. If you held on this long, we appreciate you being here. I want to thank each of you for reaching out and asking about the podcast in the last week or so since we didn't have an episode last week. Just want to assure you that the podcast is here to stay. We are hitting the grind again. We've got some future episodes planned with new guests, with returning guests. When we talk to you next week, round one pairings of the Lackey Grand Prix Tournament hosted by Jay Chambers will be up and available. So make sure you get your games in for that. And we'll talk to you on a future episode. Peace.